Peter, what's going on with these planets? Because what a chaotic feeling week. I'm going to say it this way. I tasted the demon this weekend at its highest peak yet. But holy mackerel, what a... What a sudden stop against a brick wall. Nine and three quarters, my ass. I'm stuck at the brick. What's going on, man? So we're officially in cancer season, and I think everyone is feeling it really, really hard. Uh, part of that's because we've had like glorious Gemini times. Like This Gemini season was peak Gemini You're season. telling me, man. And... So the sun basically, you can almost look at it as like theater lights for the whole play of reality. It's illuminating everything and lets things talk to each other, essentially. So it's been very thematic lately. And so we just took like a hard dive from a mercury sign into a water sign. And not only a water sign, but the water sign of the moon. So we're just like a little bit topsy-turvy as far as what we are in to where we are now. Okay, topsy-turvy sounds, that sounds like a good description for things. But I can't lie, I did have a very quality weekend, and I think there's a lot we're going to get into, but uh, I do have to have a, a, a little bit of a discussion with you about a recent film I saw called uh, Jurassic World Dominionism. Maybe it wasn't Dominionism. That's where... If you don't know about Dominionism, uh, don't don't get into it. But Jurassic World Dominion, which was the movie equivalent of like member berries from South Park. Oh, Every shot was a shot from another movie. Everybody was the exact role you expected them to be. They kept referencing everything. Like, remember that thing? And they're like, oh yeah, we all remember that thing. It was uh, incredible and. I laughed the whole time. I, there was no moment where I was scared of dinosaurs in any way. And it felt like I was also watching them set up uh, like a Godzilla versus Monsters-esque franchise with all these different so dinosaurs. More? We're going to get more? Yeah, there's no reason to stop now. Shit. They just keep reproducing without us even asking for it. You know, like imagine coming home every year and your wife is pregnant and it's not even a, you didn't, you didn't even do the thing that gets people pregnant that's sort of the theme of the story is that like, no, like it's uh, you can just have babies. You don't need anybody else. And we'll make enough money off these dinosaurs to do it. They did have some new dinosaurs, though. They were definitely. Are they just inventing dinosaurs? It felt or? make believe. Some of these dinosaurs felt make believe. One in particular was, and I don't want to give too much away, but he seemed to be sort of the Michael Phelps bird dinosaur of uh, of these made up creatures. And I would like to see I'd like to see the art to show that this is a real dinosaur. Truly. So they were like, no one knows what the dinosaurs look like, so... <laughs> yes, and I'm not going to give away too much, but they did this scene at the end, which is what the whole movie should have been, which was like Richard Attenborough footage of dinosaurs on safari. Oh my God. Like, with, like okay, so here's like, oh, like you know how big a whale is? Here's a whale dinosaur. Now they're friends. They're kissing. It was marvelous and so fucking stupid. I love it. And I love all movies and especially bad movies. And, you know, I hadn't been to the movies in a while. Gemini season is also Pride Month and I'm I've been extremely busy. Like us recording right now, I feel like it comes in like the most miniature time off session I've had. And with these flights being worse and worse, I just I don't know when I'm going to have time to go to the movies. But Peter, that's okay. 
because we have a new sponsor this week that is going to be taking care of my movie love. And I actually received a copy of one of their beautiful movie zines that they do. It is full color. It is uh, full of articles and art and old movies, new movies, everything in between. We're talking about Movie John. No, not John Cena. Like Movie John, like you're from Philly. Like J-A-W-N, like look at that John he's got on. Like I stole Alec Price's Looney Tunes John because he left it in Alley Catch's bag and I wore it around town and he's not getting it back. Movie John are a Philly-based zine and website that discusses new movies, classic special interest movie, special, special interest, special interest movies and lesser known and niche titles, which are great. They've been doing this for six years. They've been operating out of their own pocket. They have a ton of different versions of the zine. If you want to sign up to be a yearly subscriber, get those quarterly zines, you can do that. You can get one at a time, or you can help them out by subscribing to the Patreon. You get exclusive member content, you get the subscription, you get uh, a ton of new articles. And I went to the website, Peter, because I want to be aware of our sponsors. And I got a copy of Movie John in the mail that I loved and I was reading through. And like yesterday in particular, I watched three films yesterday, and I watched one film today. I, if people are wondering what I'm doing in my fantasy time, this is it. You know, it's watching movies. What did you watch? Do you really want me to tell you all? Yes, of it? Okay, I feel on. like we have to talk about movies we've seen recently as we do these. Yeah, because Movie John is excited about movies, and so is Effie, and so is Peter. We love movies. Okay, here's all the movies I watched. Here's what we're doing. I watched The Card Counter starring Oscar Isaac, Ty Sheridan, and uh, Tiffany Haddish. Incredible. It was Paul Schrader's first film in like 40 years who did Taxi Driver. Uh, Very slow burn film. A lot of political stuff. Not exactly what I thought it was going to be about. Very good. And then we went and saw Jurassic World Dominion, which was just fucking incredible. And then I came home and I watched The Grand Budapest Hotel, which on fifth viewing, a perfect film It's an absolutely perfect film. And then, you know what I did, dude? I got so excited about Wes Anderson and how clean he was in that movie that I went back and watched Bottle Rocket just to watch him be sloppy. I watched Bottle Rocket today before I came over while I was waiting for the couch, which was not delivered at all. The couch was not brought to us. Either way, moviejohn.com. Check it out. See what's going on. Hopefully, I'll have more time to go to the movies. Maybe I'll even come write a little article for Movie John, and we'll do something weird. Uh, But one of the articles on their website was... Elvis movies, oh, where to start. Goodness. And you know, like, I like Elvis movies. I think, I've been thinking about this, Peter, and this is me pitching ideas to you while we're live on air. And this is what the people are going to hear. You know, what could Effie bring to a Patreon that would be sick? I think here's the only Patreon we do. You lock us in a room. We have to watch all 35 theatrical release Elvis movies in order. And then we have to podcast about every single one right after we see it. I love it. It could be disgusting. Movie John, maybe there's a collab here. Either way, thank you for sponsoring. Thank you for being here. And uh, Friday, I did not get to come to the Cassandro Cup. This is... The airlines right now are just fucked. And even looking into this weekend, I'm going, come on, y'all. Let me roll those lucky dice. Let me see what I got. Let's see what happens. I'm doing a very dumb schedule this weekend that we'll get into in a minute. But for the Cassandra Cup, I was excited because I said, hey, I'm doing three shows in New York in two days, but I'll be able to do one, two, and then I'll be able to cross town, do the other. It'll be a little tight, but I'd already be in town, so I wouldn't be traveling all day and then trying to cross town to do these shows. Wrong. I wake up, plenty of time to go to the airport. My flight is not delayed by United Airlines. My flight is fully canceled. And I'm a big boy, Peter, okay? And I'm able to figure out how to get a refund on this. Uh, 
And actually, that didn't happen yet. I'm jumping ahead because I said, let me see what they're going to do. They said, well, rebook your flight for Saturday morning. I look at flights and I said, well, maybe I can just get into town. To even land at 8 p.m. when the show was an hour in was going to cost me $1,400. It's insane. Goodness. Yep. It's insane right now. Uh, so I said, okay, well, whatever. I'm going to have a beautiful Friday in town. I did. I enjoyed my day in town. I was rested. I cleaned. I did a lot of, you know, chorely things. And also, my my lover's uh, friends were in town for a wedding. So I even spent the night DDing them, taking them places, going out to dinner. We had a good time. So it's like, hey, take advantage of the time when you're canceled. And guess what? The show still was incredible. Killian McMurphy won the Cassandra Cup. Billy Dixon retiring after being attacked uh, in that ring by Darius Carter. And then Faye Jackson was attacked. And then I finally got the full story of the Cassandra Cup. You had to be there. Incredible. Uh, I'll tell you this afterwards. It was It's a wild story that's hard to explain properly. Either way, got to bed, ready to go to bed. About 1 a.m. I said, let me just check and make sure this flight's still happening. That I've counted on United Airlines to do which is at a beautiful, like, 11.30 a.m., like, wake up at 9, go to the airport. No, no, no. Au contraire, delayed to the point where I had a connection in Chicago to go to fucking Newark. Delayed to where I will not make the connection. Yeah, I will not get there. And I said, damn it. And I spent them spirit points. People can dick on spirit all day. That flight let me on, chose my seat, and I said, baby, wake up. I'm going to the airport. The flight was at six, so I had like two hours to go back to bed. But I was going to make it. I was determined. You know, like the queen can't not come to her beautiful party. And we already were going to be tight on time to do this. And I had another show that same night. Another show going on that same night that we had to rush across town for. So if I miss this flight, I miss two shows. I miss seeing everybody. I miss wrestling. I miss uh, looking at my cage badge and going, yeah, I'm a winner, baby. But I did it. I got to Newark. I hung out. Mance Warner landed at the same time as me at the airport. And I said, Mance, you know how this goes. We're going to have to separate eventually because he was going to go to GCW before me. I had to go to the uh, Pride and Vibe show. I said, we got to get some breakfast, my man. He said, hell yeah, you know that. So we go. We eat breakfast. We enjoy ourselves. Allie Catch finally wakes up. She did make it to the Cassandra Cup. And she did a uh, Lady Gaga Al Capone performance in... uh, male drag mask drag and it was incredible like performed in a five-way match like with the full gaga man drag spectacle it was beautiful she finally wakes up and so we head over to her space meet up with manders meet up with joey janella who pause y'all he got his teeth done and they look so handsome i just want to say that to everyone you know joey had uh always wanted to get his teeth done and he had the uh honor of having i think AEW's Britt Baker handle that. And looking at those teeth, those little shiny pearls, those little chiclets just showing off right there, I just kept looking back at him going, Joey, I'm sorry, I've just got to look again. Like, you look so handsome. Not that he didn't look handsome without teeth or whatever, but, like, this is marvelous. So we're all hanging out over there. We vibe long enough. And then me and Allie Catch, my sister, said, let's get our power lunch on and let's go handle this match. We're going to do this. We... Went to Chipotle. I didn't eat Chipotle. I'd eaten a big breakfast with Manser. But I did go over and uh, get some candy at the candy shop because why not? And after that, I said, Allie, we literally are first match of this show. And then we have to rush into the car. And then we have to get across town. 
We have to be in Queens. It's going to be insane. She said, I know. So let's get it done. Let's kick their ass. Let's go. We get to the Pride and Vibe. Now, I was a little mad. This is going to sound rude, Peter. I was a little mad that I didn't get to do the Cassandra. Shout out Dylan McQueen, who's calling you. Dylan McQueen is calling. Hold on. Let's just do it. Hey, baby, I'm literally recording the podcast. So listen to this next week, okay? Isn't that incredible? Speaking of uh, the gays calling me, I wanted to go into that Cassandra Cup Battle Royal style match because I know I would have at least come down to the final few. And it's for a few reasons. Number one, who really wants to eliminate Effie from the Rumble when he's going to be booking you and you got to ask him nicely? And two, y'all all been asking me to get booked and now I get to come in there and just toss your asses around and beat you up. So I was a little mad I didn't get to do that, but I still got to get in there with my good Judy's, AC Mack and Ashton Star. Before the match started, though, I'm getting ready. I'm doing my thing. Shout out Ariella and Nix, who did my braid for this weekend, and it was very tight and kept very well. An incredible wrestler, an incredible person, but also very good at doing Jedi braids. Uh, works it's a for talent. me. It's a talent. Now, the show is supposed to start promptly at 7 p.m. The show did not start promptly at 7 p.m. The GCW show we're trying to get across town to, it starts at 8 p.m. So there was a little overlap, and the lovely... Billy Dixon says, we're pushing back 30 minutes. And I go, bitch. And he goes, bitch. And then Jay Lee Photography pulled me downstairs. Husband and wife, fantastic. We started shooting pictures. Thank God we had that extra time. These pictures are gorgeous. And uh, Bulls in the Bronx, shout out as well. Took some other shots of Bussy. Bussy shots are needed. People want to look at Bussy. Either way, here's where it hits, dude. This is where like, the demon mode started. And I think I was already in it. But yo, we went out and we had a slap fuck of a tag match. That shit was electric. Everything came together. Everybody's where they needed to be. But that motherfucker AC Mack cheated and won the match and rolled Ali's ass up. And here's what I'm suggesting. AC Mack is the IWTV World Heavyweight Champion. The internet, not the internet. I guess it's the independent. The independent wrestling champion is what they call it. I think y'all got to give Ali Catch a shot. The only reason he even has any leverage over her is because... There's pinfall, and the only reason you didn't see that it was a cheated pinfall is because the lighting was very blue and gay or whatever was going on there. It looked like a nightclub we were wrestling in. So I say, Jerry, give Allie Catch her world championship shot or face the wrath of Bussy. Okay, we knocked this match out. We're really bummed. Don't know what happened. Uh, shout out Audie Christ, Sam, Auntie, Auntie Christ. I'm chugging horchata over here, so I might be a little nasally. Auntie Christ, Sam, helped Bussy do merch. It was incredible. You belong in the biz, baby. You're helping out with everything. It's magic to see. We ran the fuck out of that building, and Allie Catch, in our gear, in her car, drove directly across Manhattan. We then park at the Melrose Ballroom. We run inside, and they go, we said, who are we fighting? And they said, Any, anybody. And we're like, what do you mean? They're like, you're going to do an open challenge, and whoever shows up, that's who you have to fight. And I was like, oh, okay. So I go out, I'm cutting a promo. Now I'm a little, I'm in a little bit of a pissy mood that Bussy is on this card, but we're not advertised and announced. And I, there's an argument to be made that if people know Bussy's on the show, it doesn't really matter what we're doing because they're going to buy tickets and come see Bussy. But if they knew why Bussy was on the show, they're going to love it more. So I bitched and yelled, um, and we got our open challenge, but I want to say that in the next few months, based on my bitching and yelling, 
There's some incredible upcoming bussy matches. So shout out uh, being a little bit of a brat. And I think that's okay. I do want to jump back one second and say that Priors, who does all of our design on here, does Wrestling is Gay, does a lot of my merch, does Dan Housen merch. He is a cancer. Not not in a bad... Like, that's his sign. That's his astrological uh-huh. sign. And he's actually moving today to Miami and is passing through Atlanta right at this moment. Oh, wow. From the West Coast to the East Coast. Shout out Priors. Very excited to have him on my same timeline. So I'm not like, can we set up a call where we're both awake and our schedules aren't weird? So we go out. I talk my shit. And out comes the fucking Violent Circus, the main event. Now, they are made up of Vic and Jay Lyons, and they are marvelous to look at because they have beautiful uh, costumery and uh, fun playfulness. But I'm in a fucking mood, Peter, okay? And so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not playing around. Everybody, Somebody on Reddit the other day said that I was a, a comedy act and that I would need some rehabilitation if I was going to be in any kind of world title shot. And I just want to not drag this out, but to put it simply... Being fucking hilarious does not make me a comedy act. And if any of you dumbass buffoons were worth taking seriously, I might actually have to take you seriously. But you guys are fucking losers, and I don't care to take losers seriously. I'll take the world title off anybody tomorrow, and nobody would be surprised. Just because it is what it is. So, we start the match. We're having fun. Something happens, and Allie pulled me aside after... (laughs) And said, uh, what was up with this? Where there was a little bit of a miscommunication. And I just started stomping the fuck out of one of them. And then I set it back up. And she was like, I could see the demon in your eyes. But at this point, I'm like, this is my second match in two hours. And I'm like, been in gear all day. And I'm like, let's go. What's the spirit? So I'm like real fired up. I'm on all points. Like I'm in my positioning. I'm hitting everything. So like all I can say is shout out Randy Orton. Because like, girl, when you're good. And you know it, you gotta you gotta put the boots to him, bitch. We put the boots to him. We turned everything around. Bussy was victorious in the Melrose Ballroom. Everyone was excited. But now I gotta talk about this John Moxley match. Because Tony Deppin took John Moxley to his limit. And John Moxley's been wrestling a long time. He was an independent star. He wrestled as Dean Ambrose, aka Jeans Ambrose, aka uh Shield Boy number two. Um, number one being Roman, number three being Seth, because, you know, I figured out that the real addiction we all have is in professional wrestling. Everything else is secondary because this man who could retire tomorrow is putting on the most goddamn physical match. I mean, they're doing everything. They're breaking each other. And Tony Deppen, and we'll talk more about Tony Deppen because I had to fight him the next day. He came out of this with a motherfucking shiner like you wouldn't believe I mean, swollen ass face. These two were so physical. And you listen to the interview with his wife. That oh, I that was did. his wife? That is his wife. And so... That was a really good interview. I highly enjoyed it. It's. I think it's because this is just like a conversation to me. But when I was listening to it, I was like, damn, he's like really good at speaking. I know. I know how to speak. I, uh, I've done a little public speaking. I... I how, was how much did stand up comedy did you do? Enough to let it piss me off. Okay. You know? And beyond that, like I was our school's graduation speaker because they had two, because the valedictorian, they were like, it's fine, but let's jazz it up a little bit. And so like by student vote, I was speaking at the 
uh, graduation. I just like, I know how to run it. And I'll tell you this, Peter, to go sideways for a second before we get back to John Moxley and this Renee Young podcast on the sessions, which I have been on there before when it was called Oral Sessions, when she was on maternity leave and I spoke with Amy Dumas, a.k.a. Lita, last year around the same time. So... And you can interview me at all times of year, even not Pride Month. It's incredible. Um, <laughs> but I have to pull this to the side because my good friend Adam Seiler, who lives in Los Angeles and does a lot of film work, he's filmed me at a lot of points in my life, including in like 2017. He stayed with me for a week. There's an Effie documentary out there that he has tons of footage from years oh, wow. and years on. But the most important thing is he made a three-hour film of when I was on tour with a band called Farah, And they're still good friends of mine. Love those boys. Uh, and to see myself at 2021 and see that I'm the exact same fucking crazy person that I am now, like deep philosopher, no shoes, nose ring. But at this time I was still drinking. So I was a little more plump. Uh, it is magic. I'm a crazy person. I've always been a crazy person. That's like when people ask me if they're like, oh, like this person's kind of dressed like you or this person's kind of doing this spot or this. I was like, you guys don't understand. It doesn't matter if I went out there in a potato sack. The gimmick is me. I'm unfucking hinged and I'm not trying to control it. It's magic. And to go back 10, 11 years and go, oh, <laughs> it's always been the way. <laughs> Uh, since the beginning, that's why my public speaking is good. Cause I'm crazy, Peter and learning how to communicate has been the greatest uh, joy of my life. I'm addicted to information. We've discussed this. I have all references to communicate efficiently with any type of person. And we're about to talk about communication across language barriers in a moment, but not yet because I'm talking to, uh, John Moxley after the match and I don't think much of it, but someone later comes and goes, yeah, man, I think uh, I think he thinks you're nuts. And I was like, I I am nuts. And he's nuts, too. And for him to recognize it means we're both nuts. You've got my number. I've got your card. Let me know when you're ready. I'm fine with it. America's ready. The world's ready. I'm not going to be rehabilitated to be a title contender, you dummies. I am the title. He can hold the belt all he wants, but mine's bigger and includes alley catch. So let's just, let's be clear around here. Come in and do your vacation every once in a while. It is lovely talking to your wife, Renee. She's a, such a joy. But when you're ready for me to take that belt back in my carry-on, which shout out away bags, who just sent me a brand new bag. I do have to send the old one back. I sent it with a note. That oh, that's said, wonderful. I'm said, before you, you destroy that. this, understand that every single show that live entertainer Effie has performed during the pandemic has been with this bag by my side. This bag has gone over every terrain, been in every type of venue, been in states across the United States and in countries elsewhere, uh, Canada. Don't destroy it. We're going to be coming back for it. People are going to want this thing in a museum. Either way. I have room in the bag what now. What if they did a commercial that's just like... They should going everywhere with that suit. If this bag can survive Effie, this bag can survive everything, which is why our presenting sponsor this week is I'm just kidding. They didn't give me shit except for a free bag. I'll admit that all my stuff is packed right now. And I was just, it was so nice having a new bag. I'll take the belt when it's time. I'll beat your, beat your little butt up. Okay. Post show. We had to cool down. This is, I mean, you're running across town like this. It's like, yo, let's chill. So we go to a little spot, little bar. And Brett uh, says to me, hey, can Los Macizos ride with you? Now, Los Macizos are made up of miedo extremo, which means extreme fear, 
and Cyclope, which I'm pretty sure means Cyclops of some sort. I don't know. Hey, Siri, what does Cyclope mean in Spanish? I don't know. That's an incorrect translation, Siri. I'm not going to trust that. Now, here's the thing. Before... Before they were uh, before they were allowed in the U.S. for a long time, and they won the GCW Tag Team Championships, and then the fucking shitty Border Patrol in the U.S. or whoever runs it said, oh, your visas are denied now. You can't come back in. So they held those belts in Mexico for a while. Eventually, they lost them to some teams down in Mexico. And they were brought back to the U.S. But in their mind, in Los Macizos' mind, in the mind of deathmatch Mexican junkyard crazy wrestlers, uh, Miedo Extremo and Ciclope, those belts are theirs. And now Bussy has them. And now they're hanging out with Bussy. And I'm trying to explain to them, like, hey, guys, let's go to the bar and chill for a minute. And then we'll take you to your hotel. And just being like, you're on the champ's schedule, baby. And you don't know how this is translating. But we got them some food. It was fine. We hung out. We breathed. Saw Bix. Shout out Bix. If you know Bix, that's what you need to know. Now, we're driving back, and I'm like, it's not tense, but it's like me and Allie are trying to figure out the situation. And we're driving back, and we're heading towards Jersey where our hotel is, and we're going to be going to Rhode Island tomorrow and riding with them three and a half hours. And one of them says, Times Square? Is this Times Square? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. This isn't Times Square. And Allie goes, no, Times Square is six blocks that way. Let's go. And they said, oh, really? I said, okay. Like, this is a goodwill. We're building rapport. We drive up to Times Square, and I illegally park. I stay with the vehicle. Allie then guides Los Macizos through Times Square around Elmo. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. They get all these pictures. They take a hard-style picture with Allie where she looks <coughs> she looks phenomenal. And eventually I'm getting, like, yelled at by officers and street people and i'm like ellie you got to get back here so they huff it back to the car they had so much fun gracias gracias we're taught we start talking about wrestling we start talking about music we get back to the hotel guess what our room got messed up now this was no one's fault except for priceline priceline does this sometimes like certain rooms to go through certain rooms don't so now like we've got these guys here we've already held them out later than we should and they're trying to figure out how to get us in a room. It doesn't take too long, but I'm like, oh, come on. Are we gonna make are we gonna make the deathmatch guys mad before we gotta be with them? No, I'm being paranoid, Peter. They're not mad at anything. They're having the time of their lives. We went to Times Square. We're having a fun, a fun adventure. I went to bed pretty early there because I knew, like, yo, we gotta get up. We gotta get on the road. And I said, I'll take the wheels. And now it is Sunday, Peter. Oh, hey, Lucy. Now it is Sunday, and Sunday was Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there and father figures and mothers that had to uh, put on little fake mustaches and pretend to be dads. Now, I briefly discussed this with you, and it's not really like a real talking point, but I wake up and I find a Looney Tunes shirt and I put on a Looney Tunes shirt. Who knows whose it is? It was in Allie's bag. We found out later it's Alec Price's shirt. Come get it, Busta. Then I put on my flame skull shirt because I look cool. I'm wearing my little shorts and I'm wearing my little sneakers with my purple socks. And I put on my orange checkerboard hat and I look like a fucking child. <laughs> and Allie was like, I was like, oh my God, I look 14. She's like, you look 14. And it's like, how on Father's Day did I take my age all the way back? But it makes a little bit of sense. 
And the, it continues because as we're driving, and there's terrible traffic between New York and Rhode Island. It's just the worst. We stop at a little service plaza, and there's a Sonic the Hedgehog vending machine to which I place my dollar. And I get a large Sonic the Hedgehog, and I'm just standing in the middle of this service plaza, okay, looking for my friends. Where's my friends? Where's my coworkers? Holding it. And Allie can see me, and she is with these two gentlemen. And she says, oh, there he is. And instead of calling me, because I think I look like a 14-year-old, one of them whistles at me like a dog. Like, whistles in my direction like a dog. And what I perk up and walk over to them. I am literally a child being... I'm carrying around a Sonic. I ate my little pizza roll there from Sbarro. Shout out, Yoya. And we made our way to the Fett Music Hall in Providence, Rhode Island, which I've seen this venue in a lot of places. It's beautiful. But at the time when we were rolling up, we were fighting with fans for parking space. There was nowhere to go. I was like, y'all got to get out. I'll find parking. We'll figure all of this out. The line is around the building. They haven't had this many people in this building for wrestling since Kevin Steen was willing to do indies. And to see a whole line of people who are looking into your car and then they have that moment where they're like, oh shit. Somebody said one of their favorite moments for this weekend was watching me go in circles trying to find parking. I'm just like, like, can you imagine going to see Van Halen and like Eddie Van Halen's just surrounding the building looking for a place to park and he keeps going and you're like, damn, that's a cool guy I know that does cool stuff. He's just like us. It's like everybody poops as a vision, you know? Oh well, either way, we get there. Fat security are horrendous. They were they tried to kick Will Osprey out of the venue. They were yelling at me. They were yelling at people for vaping. They were trying to kick us out of the venue right after the damn thing. It was nonstop chaos with them. And like, here's the thing. This is once again, I'm being Celine Dion. I'm being a little bit of a diva. But the reason security is actually at these shows, in my mind is to secure the talent that has sold tickets to fill this building to allow there to be enough money to make sure someone needs to be protected. And I think we need some sort of badge or at least hold the poster in front of these people because they were not nice to me all night and I know it's a stressful job, but also uh, there's not that much to do for them. And I think that creates more of an issue where they're like, we got to do something or our job is useless when there's nothing going on. You know, it's like you're hurting people out of a building and I'm trying to sell t-shirts and it's very rude to do that. When uh when I was in ad school, one of the things that they told us was to when you deliver a product to like a larger corporate client, always make sure to leave in a couple mistakes that like you would have fixed otherwise just so they have something to point out. So Otherwise, go, they'll oh, feel okay. stupid. Yeah, because they want to contribute somehow. And so a lot of times you'll make something perfect. And then like all of a sudden you have to like make a really crazy change that doesn't make any sense at all. So just like leave a little yeah. something in there so they have something to do. Leave your first draft so you can come back with the real one the second time, right? Now back to Los Macizos. Before we got there, I have to give a huge shout out to WWE Superstar and WrestleMania winner bad bunny because i'm listening to just i'm not thinking and i'm just listening to the weirdest music and not for anyone else but myself in this car with people and then ali has the idea to put on bad bunny who she loves we love bad bunny los macizos also love bad bunny and through this magic 
we all bonded even more. And I think by the time Los Macizos versus Bussy happens, no matter how many times it happens, there will be a, a brotherhood-type bond there over Bad Bunny, and we will have a marvelous match that everyone will love. I understand coming into a new place and having some hesitations, and I'm glad we can make them feel welcome and take them to Times Square. We are going to win when we fight them, so just know that. So, our match, we did not have one because today was supposed to be a highlight day for my lovely sister, Ali Catch, and she fought in a singles match, Lufisto. Now, Lufisto is an indie legend, an intergender wrestling legend. She's overcome cancer. She's kicked all my friends' asses. She is marvelous, and to see those two go at it was incredible, and I said, you know what? We defended our championships last night. We're champions. We don't need to defend it. Ali has a singles match. We are on the way. I'm doing a scramble. You know what a scramble is, bro? Is it, it's not the same thing as when like a bunch of people. Wrestle. Oh yeah, it, oh, is. it is. There's a bunch of people okay. in it, and it. Uh, there were five of us in this one. Now I've seen some scrambles with more than five. The human eye can't keep up with that many people. Five or six is about the max you need in a scramble. I've seen some eight-person scrambles. That's how you get injured. All right, there's just too many bodies in the way. Now, Tony Deppin was in the scramble with me, and he decided he didn't want to do the scramble match. So I said, awesome, I'll try it. And there was a wrestler in there who I'd never seen before. So I said, well, I'm just going to try to beat him. Didn't work. Shout out Dustin Waller. He's incredible. But this is, we're going to go outside the ropes for a second, Peter. There's a lot of times where I watch footage from wrestling, and I see people do marvelous dives through the air onto people. It's a big part, the aerobatic, the acrobatic portion of wrestling. And then the person underneath them uh, lets them fall on the floor and they get hurt or they uh, hurt others or they land in the crowd or something happens that's not supposed to happen. I hope that my legacy beyond anything else is that you can go back and watch any match I've ever been in ever. Any match. And there's no better person to catch your dive than Effie. Because not only will I catch your dive, I will catch it. Okay? Kayfabe be damned. I'll catch your dive. I will get underneath you and physically move my body multiple times to make sure you are as safe as possible. And in every one of the dives in this match, baby, I was catching heavy. So go look at it. That's what I want you to look at. Somebody make a highlight reel of Effie catching dives. There's never been a better person catching dives than Effie. I stand by it. Uh, Maybe The Miz. Someone had that joke for me the other day. Maybe The Miz. Shout out The Miz. He's a lot richer than me and he doesn't catch dives. So maybe I'm going (laughs) going about it the wrong way. I don't know. I did not win the match. I had a very good time, but I did get to spend time with people after the show until the fat security kicked them all out. And luckily, the show is at 4 p.m., Peter, and we've been rushing. I mean, I've been rushing for literally days trying to do all of this and wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. And your body sort of gets past the anticipation and past the stress of being prepared for a match or a show or what will happen. And it sort of shuts itself down. And we went out to a beautiful delicious family dinner it was myself it was the beautiful cole radrick it was uh the lovely manser and it was alley catch and we went to a lovely late night restaurant and we called our dads and i called my dad because it's father's day i you know i've been trying to get in touch with my dad and we talk a while and he had a good father's day went out hiking by a waterfall just like I mean, real dad shit. Yeah, real dad shit. Just he's like, I went up and sat by the waterfall and took my shirt off and tanned. And I was like, this is awesome. But (laughs) that is real dad shit. It's great. He's like, I won't fall in if I stay on this one rock. And I was like, I'm praying. I'm praying, man. Uh, But then he starts asking me about, he goes, what's up with Vince? 
And I was like, oh, this is great. Like he comes to me for his wrestling news. And I kind of fill him in on the Vince situation as much as I know, which is that, you know, he's a morally corrupted individual who's been uh, bound by the chains of necessity to the point where the only way to get rid of him is to collapse him from the top and burn him down because he won't walk away willingly. There's more detail than that. And if you listen to the Renee interview, you find out what me and Vince have in common, you know. Uh, and I don't know the proper term now because I know I've heard it's offensive to natives and first peoples, so I'm not going to use that term, but I will say me and Vince have both been fucked by the same man. It's a Jeff Jarrett reference because he kind of fucked on both of us. Do you like that? Is that too goofy? No, that's great. <laughs> we relax. We call her dad, but this is, and I hope she won't mind me sharing the juxtaposition of bussy. People are like, Oh, you and Ellie are so like, we both play viola. We're both badasses. We both, you, <laughs> you know, both play viola. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. We were both second chair viola players. That's amazing. All through high school. This is, it's like, it doesn't make sense how exact we are. Like, you know, we don't really have an oral preference for what genitals are in our mouth. I don't know. It's a thing. (laughs) That's a, okay. The difference is that she she calls her dad and he's like, and he's pumped to hear from her. He's like, I stayed up to hear from you. And she goes, dad, I'm smoking weed. And I was like, this is incredible. Um, they start having this conversation that is just, I can't even get into it. It's magic. But the difference of conversation between these two adults and myself and my dad, it made me so happy that there are so many different relationships with dads out there that, you know, and I hope everyone has a good one, but if you don't, you can't stress that because dads are people, dads are humans, you know, just be thankful for the people who guided you in life, whether that was a coach or a teacher or a mentor or a cousin, whoever guided you, whoever helped you out. That's what what Father's Day is about. It's not taking away from anybody else. It's not taking away from other people. It's just saying, let's show gratitude towards people who, who guided us towards a better place. And both of us were guided in different ways by our dads. What a beautiful thing for Bussy. Bussy's the best tag team in the whole goddamn world, possibly of all time. And we exist in a in an illegal spectrum of... You could never put Bussy on TV, not because Bussy couldn't work TV, but because you're scared of a man and a woman committing violence together against anyone of any gender, and I think that's marvelous. It's punk rock to be Bussy. Bussy is the punk rock future. I got to fly out of Providence, and this is, you know, this isn't a big story or anything, but to be able to be at the hotel, and then just, you're two minutes away, and the, the airport's very small. You know, if I asked in Atlanta, I'm flying Frontier tomorrow. I have a checked bag and a carry-on bag. I have to have these things. Please buy my merch. Please hand me money. Just do it, you know? I've, if I've ever done anything good for you, it's a late Father's Day present. So just hand it over. Jackson's preferred, but Lincoln's are okay. Hamilton's, bad luck. I don't know. I said, hey, man, could you just, could you just make them both checked and I don't have to carry this shit? He said, yeah, man, I'll just swap it over. If you do that in Atlanta, it's like they they deal with so much bullshit all day from so many people all day. They just you have to assume everyone's a scam artist. They just they just can't even put up with it. It's checked, it's checked, it's it's carry on, it's carry on. Get out of my face. I don't blame them. But at the Providence Airport, man, there's just a kindness to the New England spirit with daily flights to uh Charleston, with you know, beautiful flights to Pawtucket. You are going to find your way in Providence. And and thank God for a beautiful city like that. They paid me a lot of money. I ran into the mayor. It was like, ah, it's crazy. Yeah. I got home safely. I Monday not rawed. And we're here, dude. This has been... I need people to know, though, that like to have that many matches that are that different over that many days 
it's, of course, it's the day job, baby. That's the job. That's what we do. But there's a spirit in wrestling that, like, once it grabs you and you're really riding the lightning, when people operate on that level in a wrestling match, it feels very, very good. And it feels like completing a puzzle together. I've realized, though, Peter, my uh, my profession is basically me uh, doing group projects all the time. All I do is group projects. I mean, think about it. Literally, I show up. I go, here's your group. And then we figure out the group project. When are we presenting the group project, Peter? Oh, in about two matches, we're going to be presenting our group project. It's a weird thing because I would have never chosen to group project anything. I'm running on my own. I went on my own. But to be able to take the horns when you need to and to be able to pull back when you need to uh, and let somebody else in the group take over, I'll put it this way. I'll do group projects with Jamie Lloyd and with Allie Catch and with Ashton and AC and all these people. I'll do them any day of the week. When you find people who are good in your group and good at your project, you'll never go back to just wanting to work alone again, I promise. And something I like to do alone, though, Peter, is go to the movies. And our sponsor this week is Movie John, which you can find at moviejohn.com. They've got a Patreon that's going to give you exclusive access to a lot of stuff, including the quarterly magazine subscription. I've got copies of the magazines. They are covering not just the movies, the big blockbusters, not just things from a new angle, but the niche pieces, the classics, helping you get into Elvis movies. It's all there. Moviejohn.com. Link to the Patreon. Listen to them. Help us help you. Learn about movies. Movie John. That's John, not like John Cena. That's John, like J-A-W-N. Because they're from Philly. They're DIY. And that zine looks beautiful, Peter. It looks marvelous. So uh, check the description for all the links for Movie John. They are also at, on Twitter at, at Movie John, M-O-V-E-J-A-W-N. And also on Instagram at the same handle. Wait, is it, how is it spelled? M-O-V-I-E-J-A-W-N. You skipped the I lost time? I just wanted to make sure because I was like, oh, is it like movie? Like when they spell uh, with two E's or something? I'm I'm like a quarter of a percent dyslexic to where it only happens with like really specific stuff like that to where I like completely forget it. I'm sorry I'm bringing that out of you. I I feel bad now. But also, you know, when you're a mutant in the X-Men world, Sometimes there are little things you can't do that give you the power to do many, many greater things. Like Nightcrawler, he couldn't uh, be in a movie where he had to play, you know, someone who didn't have lizard skin, but he could vanish into other dimensions. So I think I'm picking the dimensions versus being cast as Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? What's your favorite X-Men movie? Uh, Okay, here's my least favorite X-Men movie. All right. We saw the Dark Phoenix one, and I was like, this must be the worst X-Men movie. It was not good. But then we saw the one that was like the horror one, New Mutants, and I don't even know if it was a film. I don't even know if there was a script written for this. It just felt like such a disaster. But my fa- my favorite one of all time is probably X2. I think so. I think that's the one. Yeah, I think you're right. X3's fine, but it's a little too fanservice-y. The original X-Men I had on DVD, though, and Storm has that line that says, do you know what happens to a frog when it's struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else. That's acting. That is acting. Indeed. Anything else you need, Peter? Uh, We have questions. Oh, my God. Okay, this is from Tony. Hi, Peter and Effie. My question today is if you could time travel to see any concert... What three artists would you pick? 
Mine would be Queen, Bob Marley, and Jimi Hendrix. Excellent choices. I immediately went into a deeper realm because I want to be there on the day where little nine-year-old Mozart transcribed the song that's written for the Vatican and performed it to them that was never supposed to leave the Vatican that he memorized by hearing it there and then replaying it. And they were like, how did he do it? We didn't give him the music. And he was like, because I can do anything. I'm Mozart. I think that would be the top one. Then I think I might go see, uh, this is hard. This is like weird. Yeah. There's so many options. And I already gave you nine-year-old Mozart taking the Pope's secret mean, song. I was not that's kind of top. That. That's like, that's yeah. up there uh, in history. I guess uh, I would go back in time because I missed Billy Bob Thornton playing at the Buckhead Theater on my birthday last week, which I could have definitely gone to see, and I did not. It made me very sad that I couldn't go watch the star of my favorite film, Sling Blade, play, oh play country God. music. That's incredible. I guess for the third, we got to go back and see a little Freddie Mercury Live Aid action, you know? Or maybe it's that Elton concert at the Troubadour that really set everything open. That Sorry, speaking one. of Billy Bob, have you seen A Perfect Plan? No, or I have a not. a Simple Plan? A Simple Plan. Who's in this? Oh, Bill Pullman, Billy Bob Thornton. I feel like maybe, but I don't want to. I don't want to jump it's on it. It's a Sam Raimi film. Is it? I have not. I don't think I've seen this one. Is it's, this worth pulling out? It's worth pulling out. Okay. It's, it's it. It's a little brutal though. Well, it's Raimi. It's got to be goofy, brutal, wild, bloody, silly. It's, you you you're gonna go. Oh, that was a Raimi film. Okay, I'm into that too. It was when he was just kind of being a little more experimental, feeling the like, vibes. Yeah. All right, Peter. What concerts are you thinking about? Oh gosh. Right. Uh. Okay, there's one that sticks out. Uh, Psychic TV. Are you are you familiar nope. at all? So there. What, are, what about throbbing gristle? <laughs> are you you okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a. Uh, I guess the best way to describe her was a chaos magician in the 80s and 90s and then like later in the 2000s but like less on the music front that they had these two really influential underground bands that were also like ritual art projects essentially and their cult was called the temple of the psychic youth Oh, God, this sounds fun. Um, and the first band, Throbbing Gristle, essentially invented industrial music. Oh, wow. And the second band was like proto-new wave, but like more poppy. So industrial music is kind of haunted by the spirits of witches in a, yeah, in a sense, 100%. at its core. Uh, later on in life, uh, the he fell in love and became they just like the the woman that he fell in love with he just became so engrossed and it was just like there was something happening on like a deeper magical level and so they decided the only way to like honor that would be to spend um i think they spent like two hundred thousand dollars on cosmetic surgery and just did like a gender swap but also like a swap into each other okay. to where they would try to get like meet at the middle and become something new, and they and like become mix their one. names together, and they do. It's just this like forty-year art project. That I love did. you so much that I want us to be each other, essentially. Oh my goodness! I think, I mean, I guess it's worth a shot if that's what you're into. And so they used to play music, so it just gives you like the shows were wow. ridiculous. 
Like they put out, uh, they had these VHS zines that they would put out and they got used as evidence uh, during the satanic panic (laughs) just because they like couldn't tell the difference between like the theater of what they were doing and like thinking that it was real. Yeah. That's like, it's, you got to be careful with the normies out there. If they get fired up, they're going to take you to court. Somebody stop them. What are they doing? Oh gosh. It feels weird. It's uh. It's the risk, but I tweeted like I tweeted yesterday. The Effie is present. I love when people are just living art. When you just you just succumb to being an art form, and you go, you know what? Uh, the 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 body is art. The mind is art. We are living in the art. I think it takes the awareness, though. You know, not everyone's aware that they're art, and sometimes that's the best art of all. But you should know what your art is. You know. <laughs> 